Yo, welcome to this latest edition of the Visions and Tones podcast. I'm back and I'm with your crazy person as CJ. always. CJ. CJ. What up, CJ? How you doing, man? I'm good. Hey. How's uni yeah. going? Oh, let's, uh, let's not talk about that. Huh? I that's know that there's <laughs> one thing that you hate in your life ever, and that's uni. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have oh to go past God. that. I know. It's still a year and a half, so hopefully... Hopefully everything will go well. Yeah. But, man, I don't know. I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully things get better. Okay. Let's get to the main topic of the day. We we are talking free speech, yes, but obviously sir. it doesn't just show up as free speech. There's a reason behind. And you know, uh, Elon Musk in the couple of days ago, he actually took everybody the world by surprise. You know, talking about. Um, taking over Twitter and talking about free speech and whatnot. Yeah. And I felt like, wow, this is an interesting thing. But for me, I had a couple of questions. What then does it mean when he speaks about free speech in the way he does? Um, are we all understanding him or we need to do research to better understand him? Because people can be excited by something new, you know, but you, without checking what exactly does this new thing look like? How does it look like? What is it exactly? Should we even be celebrating it or we shouldn't be celebrating it? So it made me think about the whole thing of, you know, um, just free speech independently from, you know, the context of Elon Musk, but to say, what do we ex actually understand about free speech? Um, uh, what is free speech? Which countries actually exercise free speech? Yeah. Um, so what is freedom of speech? Um, like in the simplest layman's term without having to follow a certain author or whatnot. <laughs> I, I believe <laughs> if you're going to say in layman's terms, then the, the most basic thing is the freedom of speech is, uh, basically self-explanatory, right? The freedom to express yourself through words, through media, through writing, right? Yeah, yeah. The freedom to, you know, just be yourself and, and express yourself, as yeah. I said. Um, and to do that without any form of censorship or restraint or facing any yeah, legal penalty. Exactly, basically. express yourself unapologetically, mm -hmm. right? You don't, there's no limits to how, how you convey your message and whatnot. Yeah. Which yeah. obviously, like, if you... If we were to live in a like the perfect society, then everyone would do their due diligence before expressing themselves. Yeah, yeah. But again, like we don't really want it to be that formal. Sometimes, you know, people just want to put a thought out there, and you know that opens up a whole lot of other conversations. So, yeah. I really, I freedom of speech is very essential. Um, and without it, we we wouldn't have democracies. We wouldn't have you know protesting. We wouldn't have uh, improvements in certain societies. Right. So, yeah, I think in, layman in layman's terms. But obviously it's not all countries that have uh, freedom of speech, right? I think you mentioned that that probably one of the things that people should take out at the end of this episode is to understand which countries basically might have freedom of speech and which countries do not have um, freedom of speech. Yeah. And um, North Korea being one of them. Without freedom of speech. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think Russia to some extent. Right. Uh, have you watched uh, Icarus? No. On Netflix? It's about the doping scandal that happened in Russia with the Olympics and whatnot. I don't know if you noticed, but in the last Olympics, Russia wasn't there. They they were represented as a different, like, Russian uh, athlete society or something uh -huh, like that. Uh -huh. And um, one of the things that I remember from, from the documentary is the guy was saying that... Uh, 
in Russia, it's very dangerous to write a book. <laughs> right. You know, um, and he was a big fan of George Orwell and whatnot. And the, the work that he was doing was basically to expose what the Russians had been doing historically in the Olympics. You know, books like 1984 and Animal Farm. Yeah. They paved the way for freedom of speech. Right, right. right. So, um, like... If 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 those if that wasn't the case, then there would be no one brave enough to step outside of of an of a like step outside of a, a certain way of thinking, yeah, and be able to reflect and comment on on certain things that go go on in their yeah, countries. Yeah, true. And but another thing also, they paved the way. But um, I don't know if I should use the word but. Maybe I shouldn't say but. Yes, they paved the way. They were writing from a certain context, and but that made people to be aware of also their own personal surrounding, even if maybe Orwell was writing from a different context than what is happening in Asia or whatnot. Yeah. But people could relate with basically what is happening in Asia. Yeah. And it makes me think also that even that kind of literature work couldn't have succeeded in some spaces. Because if you remember, even during apartheid in South Africa, there were certain texts which were banned. People were mm. not supposed to read certain types of books and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, certain materials, certain songs were not supposed to be performed, certain arts were not supposed to be displayed and whatnot. Uh, obviously, because whatever government would be in charge would fear that this could be a subver- could could lead into a subversion of their authority or whatever the case, right? Yeah. And talking about um, free speech, I remember when I was like looking at the Australian history, because Australia is one of the countries that does not really use this First Amendment uh, system, right? Yeah. Um, but they do have something called an implied freedom of political communication, right? And an implied freedom of political communications is sort of one of the things that we can say free speech is actually sort of supported under. Uh, in the sometime around the 1800s, is it in the 1800s? I could be wrong. Somewhere in the 1800s. I need to check this before I give people um, <laughs> the wrong information. Wrong information. There was a prime minister uh, called Robert Menzies, right? Actually, it's in the 1900s, not in the 1800s. So Menzies was actually opposed to um, a communist kind of thought. And he saw any form of communist kind of thought as a threat to his government, right? And he had to sort of restrict any part, you know, political participation of people who come and display any political political thoughts. And it took the court later on to actually see that as far as many people in Australia might not be leaning towards communism, but we actually need to allow, you know, the kind of free thought for people. Basically, it's just to say even the, min- the views of the minority are actually important. They should be put into context yep. than just only thinking only the views of the majority has to be given a certain platform. And and this implied political communication went to an extent of also challenging you know um, mass media to 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 the extent that you know during political campaigns when votes are coming, there will be like uh, chances for political parties to advertise themselves on social yeah. platforms or YouTube. I've seen and a lot whatnot, of right? But mainly, let's YouTube, say, no. let's say mainly on the television and national radio stations and whatnot. Yep. Because this thing of YouTube and Facebook is more like kind of recent stuff. Yep. But here, remember, we're talking about in the 1900s. Oh, yeah, and whatnot, of course. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but this thing actually even happened in South Africa more recently, where there were complaints that certain radio, uh, uh, media platforms 
only advertise a lot of stuff from one political party. And that was actually perceived as silencing other, you know, minority political parties. Therefore, there's no sort of equality in terms of oh, yeah. who should exercise free speech and whatnot. So those who've got a lot of budget would buy a lot of space in terms of advertisement. And Australia had to actually readjust that under this clause of implied political communication, yep. which it allowed even speech of people who came from a communist kind of leaning to start to have conversations about, you know, their own party, their own views and whatever the case may be. Yep. So it it was really fascinating for me to learn that about Australia, that they don't lean more towards this First Amendment, you know, uh, kind of police structure, because that is more prevalent within the American context. And yep. also South Africa, we don't have your First Amendment, but we do have the Bill of Rights. Yeah. Um, which I was, I was so, um, I've I revisited the Constitution recently. Oh, wow. Do you have this book? Oh, wow, you have, you have the have Constitution. Yeah, you don't have this book? This is amazing, no. I have this book, because I used it for my research. So oh, I also analyzed enough. policy for my uh, research. So course, I needed yeah. I needed this book. Yeah. I don't think I've ever read the South African Constitution. My goodness. <laughs> so you're basically not South African. What? Let's just end it. I bet I bet eighty percent of South Africans have not read the South African <laughs> Constitution. <laughs> so section sixteen is about freedom of expression, right? right? And I like this because it has like two um, segments. So freedom of expression segment one says everyone has the right to freedom of expression, which includes freedom. Uh, of the press and the media. Remember when you spoke earlier on about what free speech is, you actually included the use of you know media and yep. whatnot. So everyone has a freedom to receive or impart information or ideas, freedom of artistic creativity, and academic freedom and freedom of scientific research, right? And then the part two says, the right in subsection one, part one, yep. does not extend to propaganda for war, incitement of eminent violence or advocacy for, of uh, hatred that is based on race, ethnicity, gender, or religion, and that constitutes incitement to cause harm. But when I was looking at this, I was so fascinated by the fact that oh, there's wow. no, nothing about sexuality. Yeah, that's because sexuality was not really considered a spectrum when the constitution was being written, right? Right. This so, is a revised version of 1996. So what was... So that was written in 1996. Yeah, the revised version. Because there yeah. is an earlier version. This is a revised version. Yeah, see, so that's the thing. That so we're only getting to the whole sexuality spectrum now, like in this day and age. Right. I guess, but 1996 is quite recent. But again, like, I guess our views are a little bit behind compared to the yeah. We were context. still focused on something. I was still yeah. fresh into democracy. We still we were still fighting for racial issues. So yeah. gender was an, was another story. Gender yeah. and sexuality. It's Wait, interesting let me see. Mandela I think. Gender is here, but sexuality is not here. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. But I don't really want to digress for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. What's interesting, though, is I didn't actually realize that there was a clause against hate speech. So hate speech is actually unconstitutional. That's very interesting to me. I, have, I never thought that was... Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing for me about freedom of speech. So why are South Africans so xenophobic then? Why are they xenophobic? Yeah, because... I mean, if if according to the constitution, like, you know, the the freedom of expression and whatnot in, in their own sense. Now, that's kind of... No, but remember that like, as far as that is the case, the 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 current, the guy who's leading what is called Operation Tudula at this moment, he's actually been charged for inciting violence, right? And also... Operation what, sorry? Tudula. 
You know, you never heard of it? No. Do you know that there's a wave of xenophobic attacks in South Africa and now it's been going for over a month, if not two months? What? No. Okay. I mean, I know about the general consensus around xenophobia, but I don't know, I don't know what the wave is. Somebody's living is. under a rock. <laughs> I'll be honest, after I left South Africa, the only thing... Oh, I've so seen, you're not different to the guy who said, I left Africa for a reason, right? <laughs> now, you see now, you're antagonizing me. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, there is a, a wave, a crazy wave, a dark, crazy wave of, yeah. of xenophobia. And, and I was actually tempted for us to call the guy, Tlantla uh, Lax, who's actually championing this operation to do because he was part of um, a talk show, if I'm not mistaken, and I listened to him, and he, I, 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 you know, my heart was sort of resonating with the stuff that he was saying as the objectives of the Operation Dudula. But obviously, somewhere along the way, I think stuff like movements and whatnot are most likely to take a different turn. Because yeah. remember, everybody who subscribes to, to movements, they come there with different understandings. Even if you can give them a mandate at some point, they could either betray the objectives of the movement and start to do their own different things. And that kind of like distorts, you know, um, um, everything. So, so, so wait, could you, in, could you break down what, what Operation Tudula is? Operation Tudula is just a movement that actually uh, tries to put South Africa first. Do you know about another movement that says put, put South Africans first? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. To some so degree. basically, it, Operation Tudula is, you know, echoes the very same principles to say put South Africans first in terms of jobs. There's high unemployment rate in South Africa. The last time we spoke about it, it was about 33.3%, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. around the youth was yeah, probably yeah. over 50% 50, 50 of youth unemployment, including those who've got um, uh, formal qualifications and whatnot. So Operation Tudula says the same thing, but Operation Tudula actually put, pushes, puts a lot of pressure even to the police to say the stuff that you're not doing that you should be doing to eliminate criminal acts in our communities that are actually perpetuated by international people but international people it's mostly those of african you know uh, backgrounds because yeah. they hardly speak about you know international people being those from the metropole you see that's where North. that's where the uh, the double standards lie though isn't it yeah i mean that's 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 it. Okay, but anyway, sitting on, on free speech, yeah. so if you were to say being xenophobic at, at the same time is actually promoting hate speech and whatnot, yeah. which for somebody should be taking them to court, which the guy was actually taken to court, yeah. and the matter is now you know, being addressed in different ways. Yeah. Now, he was arrested at some point and charged, and um, I just need to make follow-up into that story where it's going. But Fair. basically, even... Um, so I wanted to also speak about the leader of the Economic Freedom Fighters in South Africa, Julius Malema, on yeah. how he's been taken to court over the, over, over the song... Uh, um, uh, Kiss the Boer. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kill the Boer, um, which... which there were many debates about it, whether it does it constitute hate speech or I not. I mean, technically, yeah. Or right? is it freedom of expression or whatever the case. I think that's definitely uh, contributing towards hate speech. Kill the boor? That doesn't get more hate. Like, there's no... That's pretty much downright. I mean, it's debatable because, I mean, even different lectures were given about this uh, uh, song. I think Peter Mukaba, who's one of the anti... Uh, apartheid uh, activist gave a teaching about the song. Uh, former President uh, Tabon Beke, one of um, their gatherings, once also sort of expressed um, the meaning behind the song. I mean, I mean, kill the boer. 
for some people would take it as literal, but basically it's not a song yeah, that it means was more kill of a somebody metaphor. literal. It was a metaphor. Yeah. It was a song basically used during kill the, the struggles, kill the ideology yeah. or whatever the case. You know, so, so which is why in court, there's a bit of a back and forth about yeah. it, whether did he imply that or whatnot. And then now he's gotten very smirky about it where he changed now the words, no longer kill the boar yeah. is kiss yeah. the boar. The boar. So yeah. what does it mean to say kiss the boar? Sometimes then it goes to that extent where you understand that people can say things um, in a positive way, but those who know their philosophies would actually understand that actually you mean it in a, in a negative way. Yeah. So consider Dave Chappelle, for instance, in his deliveries. We know that when he starts to speak about the LGBT community, right? Yeah. Uh, LGBTQ. Yeah. Plus. Plus. Yeah. So when he starts speaking about that, he'll speak and speak about the gays and the lesbians and what. But there's a moment when he comes and say, and then there's the trans. <laughs> and then you hear the whole room laughing. Yeah. Do you know that he can just say, and then there's a trance, and then the people start laughing? Those who know his work already know yeah, where exactly. he's going with it. They know right? his views already. So would you take someone to court and say somebody was sort of being smirky about oh, that? So I'm trying to sort we, of juxtapose yeah. that kind of a thinking and interpretivism that people already might have yep. and compare to Julius who says, kiss the bull. Yeah, this, so this is where context really matters, right? Right. Kill the bull in itself on its own could be seen as hate speech, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at the larger context of things and why the song was created in the first place, right? It's like, it's basically a, a song for protest, right? Which basically means getting rid of all the ideologies that have been passed down through apartheid and all the remnants of mm -hmm. apartheid, right? And in that sense, then I think it's freedom of speech because mm -hmm. as much as it may come across as hate speech towards white people, it's also a counter for what has already truly, what has happened, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not forget what happened. You know, like we can't forget, apartheid was, it only ended in 1996, sorry, 1994, right? Mm -hmm. That is, that means our, our independence is still fairly new compared to most countries in the world, right? So getting used to this new South Africa is, is important because I feel like a lot of the time, you know, we, we like, oh yeah, you know, we live in a free society. We live in a free society. We, we can, we, we have the freedom to to learn what we want to learn and get whatever jobs. But that's not the case, is it? Because there's still a huge disparity in terms of the socioeconomic yeah uh, situation in South Africa. So there's almost like there's still um, a financial apartheid. Um, actually, something I wanted to touch on earlier when you when we were talking about media in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of Naspers? Naspers. Yeah, N-A-S-P-E-R-S. -E it rings a bell, but refresh my mind. Okay, so Naspers is basically an acronym or an abbreviation for Nationale Persh, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the which is the biggest media company in South Africa, right? And what I found interesting is that they used to be called Nationale Persh, then they changed their name to Naspers because Nationale Persh is two Afrikaans, yeah. right? And Naspers actually owns... I'd say probably around 60 to 80% of the media that South Africans consume. Yeah, but they're, they're part of Stratcom, isn't it? I don't know what Stratcom is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, Stratcom is part of like the media branch that actually demonized likes of Winnie Mandela and oh, wow. whatnot and yeah. wrote a lot of propaganda. Yeah, so Na I was going to say, Naspers is also, has also been known to to have expressed uh, propaganda, you know, during apartheid and whatnot. Yeah. And it's funny because... I w when I was reading about, in fact, I read about this like four years ago or something, right? And w when I was reading about it, all they had done was give an apology for for the 
for the propaganda that they were spreading before and suddenly everything was hunky dory right mm-hmm. but naspers actually owns a huge chunk of multi choice i believe which is yeah. dstv yeah and and if you if you just think about that that means like everything that south africans consume like majority of the information that south africans consume from news outlets tv radio you know all of that stuff is being is through naspers right which yeah. is the same people who were in charge of the propaganda during apartheid so it's like of course of course what they are consuming is is biased right yeah obviously but uh, yeah you're right i agree with you saying you're right and but this calls us for us to sort of think and rethink the role then of social media platforms yeah what exactly did these social media platforms do in terms of free speech in south africa because one of the um pros of free speech is that it tackles propaganda right and brings sort of knowledge expands knowledge to the people so so a lot of stuff and i, I mean there's there's been a lot of debates even recently about how truthfulness in south africa is actually even more exposed by certain few people on twitter who are able to do the real investigative journalism kind of work right as opposed to what we find on tabloids you know whatever uh, uh what is it called the print and whatnot yeah uh what you'd find on your sabc what you'd find on your uh eyewitness news and all stuff like that basically part of the nesper that you're talking about yeah so there is a sort of a rebuttal of certain narratives that comes from nesper if you look at certain key people who actually publish well researched uh journalism work and who are just coming as individuals on twitter and and facebook but mostly on twitter so it's not really necessarily junk twitter yeah, is not know. necessarily junk so yeah, yeah 100% yeah. oh i think twitter in fact all social media is very essential nowadays like in terms of um being able to express yourself and the freedom of speech and whatnot. of course there are people that abuse it but that's just that is just the the downside of being human right yeah. like there will always be the people that misuse it and abuse it so yeah. i think if if you were to if there's one thing people should take away right it's that as an individual you have to do the due diligence to f- to do the research on the, on the the type of stuff that you're consuming especially when it's really important issues mm-hmm. i understand like reading an article here and there you don't have to do like the the research for every single thing right like some things are just more important than others right like i understand a lot of people had a take on the russian content, like the russian ukraine yeah. war and whatnot like fair enough that is important to a lot of people but like you have your own country's issues to deal with mm. right i noticed i spend a lot of time on instagram right and i can't help it like i'm almost addicted to it at this point like every time i have a little like 5 minutes or of free time i just go on instagram and i'm spending 20 minutes on it so me like personally what i found as an improvement to this is instead of just trying to cut it off completely i try and limit the amount of time i spend on it and also what i am consuming on instagram mm-hmm. right like i used to just follow the most outrageous stuff i used to just follow just football pages celebrities other things which i can't mention um and obviously i know it has to do with uh, explicit stuff <laughs> that's obvious you Find just you just gave it away when Find you said yow. i won't tell big bunda no, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you follow yeah. your clothing so, fact, fact, fact car. Is it fact car? <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know clothing? Yeah, of course. Damn, uh, I didn't uh, even realize you're gonna. 
But I'm going to say that, right? <laughs> oh, uh, dumb. Yeah, no. Listen, I want us to get more into Twitter. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, we just touched a bit on free speech in Australia, free speech in South Africa and whatnot. Uh, but I want us to get onto Twitter. Since now we're talking more about what is happening on Twitter. You were actually talking about Instagram. Sorry, I cut you off. Were you done with that thought? Or you want yeah, to yeah. basically, I was just saying what I've done is I've tried to manage my feed a little bit better so that yeah. what it is that I am consuming is a bit more positive and a bit more like self-improvement yeah. pages and you know all the, i know it sounds cringe and and a bit cheesy but you know all those millionaire ideas and whatnot like mm-hmm. just just so that when you are going through that my like my thought process goes towards that yeah you know like a lot of the time i've, I've i'd be listening to like a steve harvey quote or a or a i don't know an elon musk quote or something right and then i'll just feel like okay now i'm wasting my time i need to get back to my work somebody right? said this you cannot listen to self-motivating whatnot or self imp- watch self-improving videos and whatnot for the rest of your life yeah exactly you, you, you need, need to, to get down you need to and stop and do get down yeah. to do it and i feel like this is interesting i'm very guilty of this yeah. i'm very guilty of this like i used to watch so many self-improvement videos on youtube and whatnot and you know learn about different learning techniques like the pomodoro technique mm-hmm. and all of that but for me to actually sit down and get some work done was is virtually impossible. In fact, I'm starting to think I have ADHD, but I'm not sure. I don't really yeah, want to okay. diagnose it. Now you're, you're diagnosing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I mean, that's the best thing to know how to control it because I think even the guys on the... Is it the Great Hack? Yeah. Or Social Dilemma? They, which they probably one? both addressed it. Both of them. They actually yeah. addressed it to say, look, we're already here. We cannot do nothing with this tech and whatnot. Uh, the only thing is to learn how to sort of be in control and allowing it to control you with the powers of, you know, the algorithm, how the algorithm, how, how the algorithms actually manipulated to sort of get people hooked yep. onto these platforms. Especially TikTok. So, so be careful that you don't spend, you know, a lot of your time just get getting carried away by stupid things so that you'll leave out the most important things that you should be doing in life so kudos to you if you're finding your balance and finding yeah. you know a way to to be in control of your life than being carried away by yeah it's only the beginning by though, in fact <laughs> <laughs> i swear you've been following you i bet you follow her Kali Sile in fact, huh? <laughs> i don't follow ah, come on nah i'm not Do you know moonchild sonelli the artist oh yeah she's doing great isn't she she's amazing I like her blue hair. Okay, let's move Shout on. Because <laughs> I know you're going to be, you're getting somewhere bad. She's in the US. She's doing very great. In oh, the really? US. Yeah, she spends a lot of her time in the US. She's doing great. She's doing amazing. Yeah. Um, Twitter. Yes. Let's get algorithms. Maybe before we touch that, have you, are you giving us a bit of background with Elon? Um, uh, no. Like no. not... A whole lot of things. Yeah. So basically him coming forward and say, you know, he wants to take over Twitter, uh, offering that he can give about $43 uh, billion cash. Yeah. You know. It's easy, easy uh, for him. Very spare easy. change. You know, I need, I need this. I need, I need this, you know. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, you know, but the main thing that he raises there is, is is concerns about free speech. If you remember when we started the episode, I spoke about what exactly is free speech. And when we hear him talking about that, do we really understand what he's saying or we're just celebrating something without questioning what exactly is this dude saying? This is one of the things that I would love us to sort of um, uh, get much more deeper on. Yep. So when, he's, when he started and spoke about this whole thing about free speech, Twitter should promote free speech and whatnot, what, what came to mind for you? 
What did you think so he was talking about? What I thought was interesting is that he had a lot of polls before even buying the initial 9% and being mm-hmm. the main shareholder. Mm-hmm. He was trying to find out if people really believe that Twitter is a space for free speech, right? And I think the polls vote. It was quite a close one, but I think it was can't remember the exact stats, but I think majority of them did say that it is it is a space and like for for free speech and whatnot. Yeah. And then he was just talking about all the improvements that could be made, right? And people had no idea why he was asking these things. They thought he was just being Elon Musk, you know, and just trying to find out. Being, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he buys nine percent of it and becomes a major shareholder. And I think what happened was he wanted to be part of the board. And I think the main CEO was just like, no, unfortunately, like we respect you as a shareholder, but you mm-hmm. can't be part of the board or whatnot. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, no, then I'm just going to buy the whole thing. You know, I'm just yeah. going to buy the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't, I don't believe he did, did he? He just made it. No, offer. he didn't. I think yeah. there's actually, there's actually a pushback against him buying it because yeah. now there's a lot of threads about what is it that he's capable of doing. Yeah. And for me, I felt like he was actually a very interesting character if he's to purchase Twitter in a sense that for someone who believes in free speech and these days see what is happening uh, with social media platforms a lot of people get deplatformed especially when they speak against certain ideas that even come from the government you yeah. know what I'm saying you've been uh, deplatformed right I've been deplatformed by Twitter <laughs> bro like I just I just wanted to tell the politician in South Africa to go jump off a cliff and then yeah. and then they blocked like me in, and then they encouraging said to me suicide. I'm encouraging suicide and I said what the hell are you talking this is an expression you know I wasn't it, literally saying yeah. yeah, I was like, but this is an expression. And then they said, no, you can uh, appeal and try to get your account deactivated soon. I think now I'm actually over six months. Yeah. And I still don't have that account. So I decided to open a new account. And yeah, whatnot. of course. Yeah. So obviously, for me, hearing Elon Musk talking about, you know, issues of free speech and whatnot, I was like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Because then I want to. you can say it with freedom. <laughs> no, I can say it to someone. <laughs> go jump off a cliff. Yeah. You know, go fly a kite. <laughs> <laughs> See that's that's fine. I feel like you wouldn't have got banned. I think you have to find the euphemisms for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, what was I saying again? I You're talking about uh, are we? Is it is it not dangerous that we're just celebrating this um, Elon Musk being able to buy Twitter and whatnot? Like, do we really truly understand his intentions? Oh no, I was actually talking about how they're pushing against him. Oh yeah, uh, the, oh yeah, yeah. True. The border pushing against him buying it, and 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 news says it also now that it even got to a point where uh, the government in 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 the in the U.S. started to even threaten him about how they'll make investigations about his tweets, his previous tweets in relation to stocks and whatnot. Yeah. So they're kind of now using threats and uh, and and there's a couple of interviews that he did recently, which actually they forced him to plead guilty on certain crazy things. People should just research on this because I don't yeah. want to speak out of term, terms and out of line. The last about interview it. I watched was actually yesterday and it was about uh, SpaceX and right. the new Giga... No, sorry, Tesla and the new Giga factory. Right. So that had really nothing to do with social media and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah. So this, that's just out of context. But, yeah, but in a way, so the threats against him because yeah. uh, of what he's capable of doing. And I mean, for someone like him, it's very interesting, right? To see that... In the wake of the Russia and Ukraine conflict, he was able to say, I'm going to provide the internet to the Ukrainians so that they remain plugged on. Yeah. And then people thought, oh, by the way, we've got someone who's for the idea of, you know, do away with Russia. But then at the same time, when they were like, 
is it possible for you to sort of, he came against the idea of um, uh, silencing what was called the Russian propaganda, Yeah, you know, so that people should just only hear stories coming from the perspective of the Euro- Ukrainian uh, side. Yeah. And he refused. He said, no, that shouldn't be done. He believes in, he called himself, I can't remember the, the phrasing, an absolute... Um, Free speech, absolute, uh, uh, absolutionist, absolutionist. Yeah, something That's, like that. Okay. So he called himself uh, something like that. And I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." Because at some point, I was a bit worried myself to say, "If you are able to provide the internet to people in Ukraine, uh, chances are that then you're coming with a certain political ideology." And then at that moment, when people thought he was coming with a certain political ideology, thinking that, "Oh, he's for our for our side," we can actually even use him to go to the extent of censoring conversations from Russia and it's like, no, that's not gonna happen. I was like, oh yeah. okay, so where exactly are you, dude? I think I think he's genuinely like like he said, he's just someone who advocates for free speech. Yeah. Right. And I think the reason why he allowed Ukraine to have access to the to the internet is because it was banned in the first place, yeah. right? By Russian I think it was by the Russians, right? Yeah. So Again, like he, he doesn't really have a political standpoint to anything like that. His main intention, like why, why would he have a political standpoint with the Russia-Ukraine um, situation, right? No, but a lot of people do. I mean, yeah. a- academics recently do the same thing. They publish stuff that leans towards who's going to give the, the powerful, basically. There's academics who are on, on the payroll. They are sponsored academics, so to yeah. say. They write only stuff that leans towards a certain political ideology. I yeah, mean, of course. There's a number are. of them. And, and one of the people that I wanted to sort of touch base on when we speak yeah. later on about um, people that we know who have been deplatformed is, is Robert Malone, who's actually... Do you know Robert Malone? It rings Have you heard of him? Not, not uh, sure. Here's a short bio of him. He's an American physician and a biochemist, right? Uh, basically, he, his work was focused, and he's one of the leading scholars um, around the mRNA uh, technology. So this whole thing about vaccines and whatnot, Robert Malone studied you know, that kind of technology and how vaccines work, and he spoke so much greatly against um, the ways in which American government was dealing with covid yeah. Right. He wrote a lot of stuff and opposed the way they're going about COVID. He worked with Tony Fauci very closely, and he was opposed to some of Tony Fauci's sort of uh, mechanisms and processes and whatnot. And because he was also using Twitter to actually write articles or blogs or short whatnot to point out that no, that approach is not the right approach. It's wrong. Um, the, these vaccines, no, it's, it's not right. It's wrong. They had to actually uh, deplatform him, and then they called him an anti-vex. Um, an anti-vexer. Yeah. They called yeah. him an anti-vexer, and he was also deplatformed from LinkedIn. Oh, what? Yeah. That's crazy. LinkedIn. So, yeah. What, what was the reason? So on LinkedIn, for the on LinkedIn, he pointed out on LinkedIn, he pointed out the fact that some guy who was I forgot his name uh, there was sort of a conflict of interest about this guy's role in the community he was also sitting in the board of Pfizer while also sitting on another board which it was kind of like having a clash a conflict of interest somewhere there and he pointed out and was asking people isn't this a point of isn't this a conflict of interest yeah um, and then uh, 
it's like a complaint was lost against him and then he had to be deplatformed. I think LinkedIn actually deplatformed him twice. So to the point that now when he posts stuff on LinkedIn, he becomes very careful about what he writes and whatnot. But on on Twitter, part of the things that he actually wrote about has to do with even disclosing the incentivization of uh, basically around COVID. He's the one who pointed out the fact that when hospitals uh, um, receive people, admit people with the status of being uh, COVID positive, they'll get incentives. Yeah, like ten. If they I think put ten thousand dollars or something, no, uh, five thousand dollars. I think it was around between three thousand to five thousand. Around I 3, think it 000. was. For, so listen, there's different incentivization. Oh yeah, one about three thousand to five thousand for if you receive the person and say they've got a COVID positive, if you put them on ventilation, yeah, that's when it then became it heads towards it was between ten to thirty thousand. It was yeah. a, oh, wow. a, a huge sum because it in, yeah. in, in, it involves power cleans up and whatnot. It's too many stuff that has to be taken care of. Yeah, and if you write that somebody died of COVID, you get also another between three to five thousand incentivization, and which is why. The and he's one of the guys behind the questioning of whether this COVID case is the numbers, are they genuine or these are cooked up numbers? And I remember in our very first episode, you actually spoke about COVID numbers being cooked out. And then yeah. I went to look that and I found that actually Robert Malone is the guy who's behind disclosing all those sorts of stuff. And he got deplatformed. Then he got deplatformed. Wow. Yeah. Just shows you, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's not really free speech then, is it? Because not really. Now, but I mean, that's now we've got someone who's an academic who does the proper research and and he's willing to express like that these are the facts and whatnot. I guess that's what I was saying when I said this academics. When you said what's there for Elon Musk to actually yeah. gain within the conflicts of Russia, and I said it's 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 a, it's things that are happening today. Academics have been paid yeah. to publish, you know, misleading information. If someone comes with sort of a differing kind of data and whatnot they're sort of silenced yeah and 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 robert malone is one of the people that i'm sort of uh bringing forward to say he came forward and said he got deplatformed because of his views around covid you know um so with 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 the elon musk i i listened to his conversation with i think it's chris anderson who's head of ted yeah, TED Talk. Yeah. So when they were talking about, because it, it is an interesting conversation, you should listen to it. And Actually, that's I, what I was watching last night. Is there's that what a, you're watching? There's a new one. There's a new one that's been released like four days ago. Right. Yeah. So pr- that one, he's, I think there were part one and part two of that uh, kind of conversation, because the yeah. one part he was talking about his companies, um, Tesla. The boring company, the SpaceX. The boring company, SpaceX, Neuro... Neuralink. Neuralink. Yeah. Right. So on this one, he was uh, talking more even about Twitter. The first one, he was talking more about Twitter. And there were a few things that when I listened to him and I was like, mm, this is really interesting. Didn't people get so excited too quickly when they hear about free speech? And I felt like, I, I could be wrong, but you'll tell me. I felt like people got too excited when they heard about free speech without really listening to what exactly is Elon's main ideas and what are his plans. Yeah. Um, so three things came out for me when I listened to that conversation. Number one, he seems to be very uh, troubled by algorithms because you know how the social media algorithms are manipulated in a sense that, you know, and, and I used to be worried. I was like, what's happening? Are there a lot of bots on Twitter? What's happening? Yeah, right. Is. So you find that someone who's incredible, 
got a great number of following, probably over 100K of people would tweet something, but you find that only seven likes. Yeah, exactly. Or five retweets. It's the same in, on Instagram as well. You get people who've got like 100,000 followers, yeah. then they've got like 20 likes and then yeah. five comments. And like, so so there's sense. actually boards that are designed to basically push against certain, they can just maybe hide or they can just make certain, you know, things unlikable or whatever the case. And I used to be surprised because with my previous account, Twitter account, um, when people post stuff and then I press like, normally when you go on your likes, you get to see all the stuff you liked. Mm. True story. My account wasn't showing the likes. It'll keep on saying there's nothing that you've liked. And I have liked what? quite a lot of stuff about people. Yeah. Then I felt like there's something weird about this account, this Twitter account that I have. It never used to show stuff that I like. But the new account that I have now, when I press like, I do get to see the likes on the side. But I was wondering what happened to the other one. And I checked on my settings. Did I deactivate stuff or yep. whatnot? I never deactivated stuff. So you Elon think they Musk, were conspiring against you? I don't know. So <laughs> Elon Musk was actually worried about and there's something that also if 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 they see that your account or your tweet is getting too much traffic then they start to sort of keep an eye on you yeah that particular twitter account of mine i posted a bit of my background story about my grandmom right who sold fruits and whatnot to help with our education and whatnot oh, i wow. posted that account and yeah. it actually it got me frustrated because there was a lot of likes and retweets and people writing back to me. Obviously, there were, there were a few people who wrote trash back and said to me, you're wearing a, an Italian design shoe, Cavella, and you're graduating as a master's and you're telling us about poverty. And I was like, duh, so was I supposed to remain poor for the rest of my yeah, life? So you can believe this, the story yeah. that I'm sharing. So um, all those things, right? So I think from that post, there was like now a certain eye of a hawk that was like watching over me yeah. what kind of stuff am i posting and whatnot that's what i feel like happened to my twitter account and then later on most of the stuff that i post you'll just get one like yeah or you don't get any like at all and then it'll be like something is weird about this account. i think twitter is one of the harder platforms um to get a what do you call it to get any sort of traffic on because uh, like I know people who've had Twitter for years, they've been tweeting every day, retweeting, and they still only get like one or two likes. On it's each because post. of the algorithms that yeah. Elon Musk is talking about. So yeah, three things that he raised that stood out for me. Number one, he speaks about the algorithm. Yep. He says there's something wrong about the algorithm where it has to manipulate people to say, this is what you should be liking. This is what you should be retweeting and leave these other things. So he says the algorithm um, should be challenged. Uh, it should be changed. We cannot live with algorithm that manipulates people. I don't know if you remember the conversation I had with Dr. Humphrey Obier when we we're talking about uh, violation of human values. We actually speak a lot about algorithms, what algorithms are capable of doing. So anyone listening to this, you can catch up on this on algorithms with the episode I have with Dr. Humphrey Obier about uh, responsible artificial intelligence. Oh, by the way, just on that, um, Elon Musk is also a big advocate for responsible artificial intelligence um he was talking about how he hates the idea of being like um restricted but when it comes to artificial artificial intelligence he believes that there should be an agency to govern those sort of things yeah, yeah. So, so so probably one of the points that i'll raise here okay yeah, yeah. what are the other two things sorry no. i just wanted to like let you know yeah about what i'm saying is i, I would believe yeah. him for saying that right yeah uh, I'll tell you why later on. Number two, he says um, no to permanent ban. 
So like deplatforming Donald Trump forever, yeah. that's not right. Yeah. But he says yes to, to a timeout. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. He says yes to a timeout. So this obviously should tell you that he agrees that some people can be too problematic such that yeah. you would go and reflect on your yeah. BS and then come <laughs> He's probably going to be the one suffering from that sometimes. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know just so take a break man just take, take a break, a break. yeah chill. just take a break you'll see you some other time you know now yeah, you've yeah. costed enough yeah so go and reflect so he believes in that and then um the third thing he says he wants to address issues of spams and scams because there's too many scams that, is, that are mm. happening there and bots there's also some few bots that are actually being created uh, I remember Joe Rogan at some point spoke about um, some few boys. I can't remember if these were or was on Facebook or was on Twitter that uh, would actually write a whole lot of stuff about certain religion. But if you check actually on it's the bios, account. it's not a real account. It's yeah. not a real human being. These are just stuff, you know, created there. The bots are everywhere, man. They're on, they're on YouTube, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, everything. Even Snapchat, there's yeah. bots. So. so he wants to address those, but I felt I felt like, hmm, there's one thing that he's not touching on. But then uh, a friend reminded me that, remember, that's where they eat from. Issues of cookies. So he's never, Elon didn't uh, touch the idea of cookies. And I remember, remember that then with cookies, that's where advertisement is. Yeah. So probably he might not do away with that. <laughs> and then after listening to this, so one of the key things that he also said is that, is that Twitter under his, from his own view, if he takes over it. Because um, they, they, uh, Anderson asked him, so are you saying that everybody, anybody can say anything that they want? Is that the vision that you're seeing? Like, are you saying there's no people ever who are problematic, who, 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 don't, who deserves to be called out, not just a, have a timeout? He said, he said, Twitter will still function under the watch of whatever rules that exist in whatever country. Yeah. Right? Okay. So basically to say free speech doesn't necessarily mean that you have all speech. You can say yeah. all speech. Yeah. Right? Because to say free speech doesn't mean you can say all speech. He reckons that some people can be problematic, you know, inciting insurrections. Okay, but inciting has, insurrections is one of the things that in in the US is a serious crime. Yeah, yeah. So even if it comes with this policy, remember that Twitter might have policies. It's policies of how to operate the social platform. It is not a legislature. Twitter policies yeah, cannot course. be bigger than the legislature yeah, yeah, in the US. Yeah, 100%. Which the current head of Twitter, I forgot what his name is, it is alleged that he actually said something like, yeah, to hell with free speech. Not necessarily those words, but he was kind of like overlooking yep. free speech. Yep. He was like, we censor things according to how we want. That Oh my God, that's in itself... So controversial. I did not know he had that kind of ideology. That's probably why he didn't want Elon Musk on the board. Yeah, but that's what is place. happening about Twitter. The fact that you'd post something and then you get you get deplatformed. Do you have people? Do you know people who got deplatformed on Twitter? There's a number Me of people personally? actually. Yeah. Um, I just I know Donald Trump's one of them. I know you're one of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> besides that, no, not really. I don't really use Twitter, to be honest. Yeah. There's a lady called Katie Hopkins who got yep. deplatformed. But Katie Hopkins said a lot of crazy stuff about uh, immigrants and how they were dying in the desert trying to cross over to... Uh, you should just research about that. Katie Hopkins is a ridiculous lady. I think she's British. <laughs> she's probably... Ridiculous in what she's sense? She's probably close to the likes of... Who is that British guy? Who is hated by so many Piers people? Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. You know. Um, uh, Megan Murphy? You know Megan Murphy? 
She's a, a feminist and a journalist from uh, Canada. Right. So um, I don't know if you saw this. Even um, Jordan Peterson spoke about against what is called a bill, a, a bill C sixteen in Canada. Murphy was yeah. was against bills bill C sixteen. Yeah. But the particular one for her is because they added gender identity or expressions in uh, into uh, the need of protection, same way as other minorities like the race protection and whatnot. So she 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 tweeted against that, and she was like, uh, she was on this whole thing of uh, you know challenging transgender identity, and she was like, she tweeted like, men and women. Yep. And it angered a lot of people. Then Twitter said to her, "You need to delete that." What she did, she she took a screenshot. Apparently, she took a screenshot of her tweet. And then she deleted the actual post, and then she retweeted the screenshot. <laughs> That's so smart, actually. And then That's very they said smart. to her, "Okay, then you don't listen." Then they deplatformed her. Oh, damn. And she didn't know why she got deplatformed. Joe Rogan had to tell her that they said you did this, and then she laughed about it. She said, "But I wasn't meaning to disrespect yeah. anyone." So she's another one who got deplatformed. Uh, Robert Malone, I already spoke about yeah. him. He's another one who got deplatformed. A number of people got deplatformed. Donald Trump. And what was the actual reason Donald for Tr Donald Trump's de um, extremism? Um, I think oh, okay. it's extremism because uh, I saw somewhere here. Let me find it quickly. Over 70,000 accounts were deactivated when they were deplatforming de Donald Trump. So these are Trump's followers who are just post, you know, pushing extremism. What? So over 70,000 accounts That's crazy. got suspended. Jeez. I didn't realize how big it was. It was. What are the pros and cons of free speech? Especially I haven't listened to... Elon Musk, the way he went on about it, because I still have the I still have the impression that free speech is still going to be there. So, for instance, if you consider places like Australia, where they say we don't speak about free speech, but we've got implied, you know, rights to political expression, they also still have right. Um, they've got the right uh, for defamation or against defamation. So you might right. say I have. You might say I can say whatever I want to say because there's no free speech, but the defamation law will basically catch you. Because that's the thing about um, about free about um, free speech is the fact that there's certain things that you cannot do. You know, uh, you cannot scam people. Yeah, fair you enough. You cannot pass wrong information about people. Defamation. You cannot plagiarize. Okay, right. so that's part of... It's part of, yeah, because remember, uh, if part of free speech says you've got a right to scientific research and whatnot, oh, yeah. it means somebody can steal your you know, intellectual property. Yeah. So, so there's certain things that people cannot do. Like I was looking at this article uh, by Connect Us, and I liked part of the stuff that they raised. So for instance, the cons is that free speech does not mean you have all speech, Right. So you still have to watch that you don't face legal consequences. You don't have to threaten people. You don't have to defame people. You don't have to plagiarize or share obscene material such as child pornography. Yeah, fair enough. Because you might say you've got free speech, but then there's other laws that will catch you when yep. you do all those things. Um, you cannot spread false information. So wait, you, you cannot incite is... violence, insurrections, yeah. Trump and his people. That's yeah. why they got deplatformed. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this goes, do you think this is part of the, do you think that's a good thing? Do you think um, 
free speech is better than all speech and some people do deserve to get deplatformed and uh banned. I, yeah, I do think some people uh deserve a timeout. Yeah. But the thing is the more than they give you the timeout might now start to give us a different kind of view. For instance, if every time you come back you're problematic problem and then you've always been given this short timeout, timeout, timeout. Yeah. Maybe people you need might like three people strikes might or end up thinking, yeah, you know? Yeah. People three might end up strikes. thinking, nah, you you're censoring this person, right? Yeah. But same way as we said the last time, even on cancel culture, that some people just they never learn. So yeah. let them learn the hard way. So I believe that actually free speech But here's the thing, I think cancel culture actually um goes like is part of this whole free speech thing right i think cancel culture is what we use as the general public to govern um certain ideologies like if someone does deserve to be canceled for their point of view or what not then that's sort of what you know us as people um where we come into agreement about certain things right so if someone gets canceled is because like they obviously have done something that not everyone does agree with right <laughs> um so in that sense cancel culture is what would sort of balance out um the all speech thing don't you think so even though we do have freedom of speech or what not this things like cancel culture in place for us to to see what what ideologies we take with a grain of salt and what we take in full uh, rather the pro the pros content. of uh free speech is that it encourages you know passing on of knowledge information yep. and whatnot but i'm not sure whether we, we should we should in a way see cancel culture as something that contributes towards um free speech or whatever the case because i know i'm not saying country what i'm saying is it's it's what governs what like i don't know how to put this It's it's a way for us to juxtapose the goods and the bads, right? Yes, yes. So I think if if we consider like what we were speaking about cancel culture, right? If certain people are canceled for their point of view, then that sort of allows us to to have our own thought process yes, with something like yes, that, yes. right? So in that sense, um, even even if there was all speech, right? I think it's up to the individual again, like we said last time. Like as an individual, you have to do the due diligence. And, and think about what it is that you're consuming. That will be part of the cons. One of the cons, it says, cancel culture create mob mentality, right? right? In a sense that with what one says, a group would agree, another group would disagree, and then would, you'll find some in the margins who's just like, who gives a hoot. Yeah. Right? True. Um, so these kind of things, like your cancel culture and whatnot, actually creates in-groups where people would want to flock more with people who hold the same ideologies as them, yeah. but without questioning whether are these ideologies really good but or... But that's human nature, though. That's always going to exist. Oh, with or without. I've got a friend of mine who always speaks about human nature, the way we fight about that phrase, human nature. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It is yeah. human nature for people to follow a certain in-group, but r- remember that the problem that we're saying here is on rationality. Yeah. It's yeah. not just about who are you following, but it's about to what extent did you really, really, really peruse or whatever um, view that you're holding? To what extent did you really interrogate to say, is this superior logic or I'm just following a ground of or a bunch of idiots, but because I yeah. want to belong, I just have to find myself in this group. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. This is why I'm saying as an individual, 
you should have to you should do the research you know yourself and 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 find out what it is that you're promoting and what it is that you're yeah. being a part of one of the things we didn't touch on that i think people should rethink but i guess technically good smarties would understand that i've already touched that yeah because when we say free speech there's too many people who speak about yeah freedom of speech is good but freedom of speech it's a dangerous thing because racism is part of freedom of speech. If someone can stand now on platform and say monkeys and this and that and that and that and that and use no, but then that's hatred, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm just saying that yeah. because this is basically narratives that I hear from so many people who say free speech is dangerous uh, because then someone can come and say this and this and this. And then I'm like, then you didn't really, really, really search deeper about other laws. Free well, speech might say people can say that, but there's other laws that says you can say that. Yeah, like I didn't know that it was in the constitution, um, yeah. like, like going against hate speech. I didn't yeah, know that yeah. was an actual constitutional yeah. clause for that. Um, but if not free speech, then what? You know, then it's governed speech, which is even worse because now what it is is there's only one or two individuals that decide what it is that people can see and view and understand, which is even far more dangerous because now it's a more narrow perspective yeah. of what goes on in the world. So if the opposite of freedom of speech is governed speech, then I'm a hundred percent for freedom of speech. You know, you for freedom of speech? Yeah. A hundred percent. I really do think it's important for people to express yeah, themselves but then because freedom without of, it. But then, but then it means you're also inviting hate speech because to, because but, to have a, a governed speech, it means then we're also pushing against a hate speech. But if we lived, if we lived in a utopia, right then yes, freedom of speech is like the greatest thing ever because, you know, everyone can just express themselves truly and free freely, but there'll be no hate speech, right? But unfortunately, our imperfections as humans will always come out regardless, right? Right. So I think freedom of speech is important because what freedom of speech does is it allows freedom of thought as well, right? And without freedom of thought, we would not be able to come up with half the things that we come up with, right? Mm-hmm. So... To be able to to express yourself and find out what it is, like how people react to what it is you've just expressed is also very important because now you've got a better understanding of how other people think and how you think as well. So I, I think I think even Jordan Peterson was talking about that, how like freedom of speech is really essential because without it, we would not be where we are. Yeah, he says, uh, but also he says, um, freedom of speech is the only power that the marginalize could actually be the only power that the marginalists have. Wow. Yeah. That's profound. <laughs> yeah. And I like that, but then listening to him, it feels like it's in every episode we do, I just have to take a bite on Jordan Peterson. One but yeah, that's friends, what I'm saying. One of my friends are like, you need to interview Jordan Peterson. I'm like, mm, if you can, he's a, he's, a, he's a giant. That would be awesome. Look, uh, in one of his other parts, then when he takes a, a dirty swipe at activism, then I was like, but activism is part of freedom of speech. I think that the activism thing is a, is a bit misconstrued. We, we spoke about this, but we won't, we won't address it on this one. Right. Maybe the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, stay tuned. So, yeah, okay. So you'd rather free speech than govern speech. 100%. I'd rather have people governed. Really? So let me say that. Yeah, I'd rather have people you governed. You prefer governed speech? Because I, I, I remember Peterson saying something like, it is terrible. Platform Donald Trump. We all want to hear, and I was like, I don't want to hear what that guy is saying. <laughs> I don't always want to hear what that. No, guy but is you saying. see, that's what I'm saying. That that's when it becomes a, a subjective thing because now, if you don't like what someone is saying, then you can just not give it the time of day. You know, you don't have to entertain it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. This this is what I I dislike yeah. about like people who 
go and criticize things that they're not even no then then he should create he's fine you see when he was creating his own platform he's fine because then i don't have to go on his platform no but then you can just unfollow donald trump i can unfollow donald trump but i've got people who then will retweet donald trump and donald trump comes back to my face i can i can say (laughs) let me deactivate donald trump or whatever the case yeah but the thing is then the problem is that with these key people we also need to understand how problematic they are in a sense that they can say an idea and based on where people are even intellectually they can even misunderstood misunderstand whatever idea that the key person is saying yep and then they go and then they cause problems in the world so I understand he, needs, that. he needs to be checked yeah he needs to be checked we cannot we cannot give a human being such power if when we know that human beings are very most likely to be dangerous okay but then this is when this is where it's like that's i feel like what you're thinking about is is the is the strike thing, right? Like the, the okay, timeout, timeout. No, 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 the timeout. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yes. Because I want him to have a timeout. Yeah. Let's just recap though uh, on free speech. <laughs> and done quite a so you believe in governed speech? I believe which in governed speech. I completely speech, disagree with. Um, um, which CJ completely disagrees with. I yeah. believe in I believe in Elon Musk's ideas. People need a timeout, not a permanent ban. But Elon Musk believes in free speech, so you're kind of contradicting no, yourself. No, it's not really because in the way that I explained to you, he believes in free speech, but at the same time, he is aware of the fact that policies of Twitter cannot override the legislation of a government. Which is which is why he says Twitter will still have to function according according to un, now, under the laws of a particular. Country. I actually wanted to address this. I know we're yeah. closing, but that just that one point, right? Um, if if it doesn't overwrite the legislations of governments, right, that means places like Russia and North Korea will continue to operate the way they do, and their people will still not have the same exposure. I don't think his intention is to enter spaces and shake grounds in the way that we think. And which is why I said in the beginning of the episode, when people were clapping hands, I wonder why exactly were they clapping hands for and do they understand him? Did they make the time to understand him before they can clap hands? Because a lot of people then will be disappointed to hear that. Because people are already thinking that, oh, under Elon, I can just tell someone, CJ, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. (laughs) And then Elon might say, "Uh, this is outside the scope of Twitter. This is a legislation thing. Government sort it out. Yeah, fair. See, that's that, but that's what I disagree with because there's a lot of imperfect governments. And I feel like free speech is what allows us to improve those governments, right? So when we talk about governed speech, we also have to be very conscious of who exactly is governing this so speech. You, so basically, you are partly still against Elon Musk. I guess so. I guess if you if you want to put it like that. But uh, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Elon Musk. Elon is desperate, thinking so. more on a because he wanted to make Twitter private. Yeah, right? it was like let's make it private. But also, then with that idea, he threatens the government because the government they don't know then his intentions. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, the stuff that he knows that the government do by using these same platforms to push their own ideologies and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people always say that the the left is the progressive are the ones who are sort of effing up the entire system, which is yeah. why now it actually paints, it actually brings now the, um, what is the other one? What are you saying? What, what do you mean? The that? Republicans, it oh, paints the, right the Republicans one. as a, as a, as angels. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Fair so enough. So the Democrats are just messing up and they make painting the other ones now as angels. Because of their yeah. So but someone, uh, like, needs to, someone needs to actually correct um, um, the left is to say, come on guys, you need to yeah. tone down. You need to tone. Thank All you. Right. Go out there. Be best humans. Be best versions of yourself. 
Yep. We will see you in the next episode. Yeah. Um, um, again, obviously, I want to promote homemadeeasy.com.au. Yeah. Please check that out. Um, and also, yeah, don't be afraid to express yourself. Um, think freely, speak freely. Just don't spread hatred. Live, love, love. Thank you very much. And we out. Cheers. <laughs>